0: Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1171, air date February 18th, 2023. All right, everyone. John. All right, everyone. Good evening or good afternoon or good morning, wherever you are, because we have people joining from all over the world. Um, this is Dr. Shiva Ayyadurai. Uh We're in Cambridge, Massachusetts. We have a a wonderful group of people who've shown up on a Saturday, Saturday, 2 p.m., to support um, some very important announcements that we're gonna make concerning the U.S. Senate run in Massachusetts in 2024. And we're also gonna talk about the presidential uh, election in 2024 in the context of all of that. The main announcement we're gonna make, and we'll get into the de- deeper into this, is that we are running for United States Senate against uh, a woman by the name of Elizabeth Warren, Um, In 2018, we ran against her a very powerful independent campaign and our slogan was only the real Indian can defeat the fake Indian. And it caught people in a very powerful way because that campaign was really about the integrity of an individual who has no integrity. Um, And then we ran, many of you know, in 2020, where it was this movement that exposed the fundamental issues of the United States election systems. We exposed fundamental issues about ballot images being destroyed We were considered the experts in the world on this. We were then brought in to help in Arizona. Um, Before, the Republican right-wing heisted all of our data and used it to make half a billion dollars, grifting off of it. But the fundamental issues of US election systems have still not been addressed, which are signature verification issues, chain of custody, and the deletion of ballot images. As many of you know, it was our historic election powered by amazing people, bottoms up, the citizens of Massachusetts, nearly 3,000 people who came out, we raised close to $2 million in a primary United States Senate campaign, which is unheard of, against a candidate that the Republican GOP party uh, threw against us. Instead of embracing me, an immigrant, an American, who has done more um, to support innovation, research, education in Massachusetts than any candidate that the GOP or the Democrats could find against us. And instead, what they did was they betrayed the people of Massachusetts. They found some idiot to run against us. This idiot maybe had one lawn sign up. We had close to 25,000 lawn signs, 10,000 bumper stickers, as many of you know. And many of you were out there collecting all the signatures in the midst of COVID. We collected all 20,000 signatures. The guy running against us had made a bunch of excuses to get the state to change the law so he could only collect um, 5,000 signatures. OK, but in the midst of that election, everyone on the ground knew that we won that election. The night before the election, the story was Dr. Shiva was going to win on a landslide on September 1st, 2020. What did we discover? We discovered that in the hand counted paper, hand counted paper ballot county, Franklin County, we win by 10 points. And every other county is 60 60-40, 60-40, 60-40, 60-40, 60-40, 60-40, 60-40 to a candidate no one even knew. That led this movement to not stop. We moved to a write-in campaign. And that is when we discovered that the government of Massachusetts had illegally destroyed ballot images, which is a violation of federal law 52 USC two hundred seven hundred one. I didn't see any Republican helping us in that. It was this movement that moved forward. And that led to us discovering that when I exposed that on Twitter, I was US candidate thrown off Twitter in the middle of the election. That led to another discovery that the government of the United States has a backdoor portal into Twitter and every social media company, which I represented myself in court. We won the TRO, which Tucker Carlson did not cover, which Glenn Greenwald did not cover. At a time when they had given their megaphone, we would have really made a difference. And what that shows is the the grifter right-wing establishment doesn't give a damn about making a difference. They're actually our enemies. So fucker Tucker Carlson, excuse my language, And the establishment media on the right and the left do not care about the American working people. Now, you probably won't hear a U.S. Senate candidate cursing, but I believe cursing is right to be used at the appropriate time, the right message at the right time for the right people. Okay. And what has occurred is in the United States that the working people in this country are being taken advantage of by Republicans and Democrats and the grifter right wing on the Republican side, as well as the so-called left wing on the Democrat side. One wing of the establishment claims they stand for working people, the other wing claims they stand for freedom, but neither wing ever in action has ever done the right thing at the right time. What they do do is wait after things become an in-vogue issue, then they talk about it, after all the damage has been done. No different than a firefighter coming to a situation after the house has been burned down. That's what these people do. And then they want you to applaud them. Oh, isn't he doing something great for us now? We live in an important time in human history where people have to recognize that they have to raise their own consciousness. They have to have self-respect and dignity, and they have to choose leaders who come from one of their own. And that's what this election is about. That's what our US Senate campaign run is about. And you can imagine what our election has already done. It was, again, this election, which has exposed the election systems issues. It was this election campaign that exposed the government backdoor portals into every social media company. Two years later, The Republicans talk about it. After the damage and their fundraising off of it, it was our campaign which did the Fire Fauci campaign and took 125,000 signatures to Washington. Trump did nothing. A year and a half later, Rand Paul, the so-called liberal, libertarian, whatever, right-winger, then used Fire Fauci to raise donation money. He wasn't there in 2020 when you could have made a difference. It was this campaign on January 6, 2020, which stopped the vaccine. We we went all the way down to New Jersey where the vaccine mandate bill was gonna be passed. So we go everywhere because we're all brethren, wherever, whether it's New Jersey, everywhere. And we stopped in a massive demonstration. We scared the shit out of the New Jersey legislature and we stopped the vaccine mandate bill in New Jersey. That was in January 6th and 13th of 2020. We took down the sound system, not Robert Kennedy. Johnny come lately, came later, plagiarized our stuff and then wrote a book on Fauci, waited until 2021. Delayed truth is deadly. These people wait, and they wait, and they wait. And they have sold out people over and over and over again. I will shortly talk about Ohio, what's going on. What is going on in Ohio is a testament to the fact that the Republicans and Democrats colluded against the American working people. You will see that when I share with you the facts. No one should vote for any member of any of these parties anymore. Not one person who cares about America should vote for any of these parties. Nor should we vote for people like Tulsi Gabbard, who's part of the Council of Foreign Relations, who is in vogue trying to say, oh, I'm now against the Democrats, and and she's on Fox News all day long. Because what the establishment does is they have an inventory of scumbags that they perpetuate to ensure that the American people don't build a bottoms up movement in their own local neighborhoods, bottoms. They want people to outsource their future, be it to Trump, be it to Bernie Sanders, be it to AOC, be it to Tulsi Gabbard, because they have an inventory of people that they choose top-down. I'll repeat that again. These people are manufactured Manchurian candidates top-down. And they are created and they say the right things Never at the right time. They say the right things when it's in vogue. So you think they're going to do something for you. And it's no different than a sports team, you know, watching entertainment. And none of these people have ever fought for the working people. The last time there was truly any real great movement for working people was in the late 1800s and 1900s, and it was led by the American workers in this country. And those movements have been completely banished off all of the history books in this country. It was during the great upheaval of the great 1800s and it was in 1886 on May 1st, when four American workers were hanged in the United States for fighting for the eight hour workday, fighting to ensure there was more infrastructure in Haymarket, Chicago. Seven American workers were shot by the National Guard fighting for basic rights of the American working people. And all of that has been removed in American history. And in commemoration of those workers' fights, every worker throughout the world called it May Day. And when those movements grew, and if you are a basic American worker today, during the 1900s to 1970, as the GDP of this country grew, from the hard work of the American working people, so did the wages of all people. And why did that occur? Because those movements of the late 1800s and 1900s were powerful movements that put the fear of God into the elites. And what the establishment of left and right has been doing since that day has been to ensure that the American working people do not build independent movements. So what did they do? And this is what they did and it was engineered. In 1950, a guy called McCarthy came out of Wisconsin. He called all of these movements Marxists, communists. Ooh, red scare. So if you were a worker and you were organizing bottoms up, you were branded as a communist. And then they ensured that the left Democrats took over all these. There was a time when there was truly bottoms up unions. And they ensured that the Democrats' bosses took over all the unions. So by 1970, what took place in this country was that they destroyed the concept of working people organizing bottoms up. So let me repeat again, it was the American workers that inspired working people to rise up all over the world in places like India, in places like Ireland, places like Africa, all over the world, including in places like Russia. And it was a deliberate effort of the elites in this country, left and right, to brand every movement a Red Scare communist movement. So when you say working people unite, oh, my God, ooh, that's Marx. Bullshit. Karl Marx does not own that term. That was heralded long before Karl Marx. So they've done a deliberate effort to call anytime working people want to unite. That's Marxist communist. And then the so-called liberal Democrats took over these workers movements. And what we must understand is, what is the definition of a worker? What is the definition of a worker? In the terminology that was developing in the 1800s, as we were moving from the agrarian revolution movement to the industrial revolution, many, many theorists, economic theorists, were writing about this. Adam Smith, Karl Marx, and you can go to the rest of them. And very few people have read the works of these people, but I've actually read their works. And what you find is that there is a definition of the worker called a proletarian. And the, the proletarian was somebody who actually did work and produced value. Could be an entrepreneur, could be an artist. They actually made stuff. There was another term that people forgot called the lumpen proletarian. People who did not work. People who stole. People who were criminals. People who lived off welfare off the state. Lumpen proletariat. Write that down. Lumpen proletariat. And what occurred was the Democratic Party, in collusion with the Republicans, defined worker not to the actual proletarian, but to the lumpen proletarian. Bernie Sanders is such an individual. The guy has never worked a day in his life. And yet he says, I'm for the worker. And they call themselves democratic socialists and people call themselves Marxists. So the right wing and the left wing have created this theater. And they have the top-down Democrats claiming they represent workers when they actually represent the lumpen proletariat. You following what I'm saying? You gotta get this, because this is the bamboozling that's taken place. So you have a lot of young people, a lot of Democrats saying, ooh, Bernie Sanders will protect me, bullshit. He wants to make sure no one works and still gets the fruits of labor. Even the so-called Marxists and Leninists, like Lenin said, "He who shall not work shall not be fed." They quoted the Bible, Thessalonians. That has been forgotten. So they've replaced it. They've manufactured the concept of a bogus worker, and they and the left owns that narrative, and the right claims are for, you know, business and and uh, and and market forces. Right? We want capitalism. Yet. The right wing ensures that there's monopoly capitalism. Four major media companies control everything. Three major social media companies control. So they're about consolidating power and value to a few. You follow what I'm saying? And so they have both on the left and the right, they cut the legs off the workers saying, you you shouldn't rise up. Outsource your rising up to these politicians. And during this process, massive transfer of wealth has taken place in the United States. Let me give you the numbers so you appreciate what's occurred in the midst of all this bullshit theater. During 1900 to 1970, again, let me repeat, the GDP grew, everyone's wealth grew. That was what incentivized many immigrants like my parents and myself. I was seven years old to come to the United States. Wow, America's a great country. You had really good public school systems before the Department of Education came in. This was a place You could come and you could grow your businesses. It was very vibrant. But after 1970 was a consolidation of power by the left and the right. Between 1970 to today, there has been a decay in U.S. people's wages, in fact, downward slope. And what is, and you have, it was heightened by the pandemic where 600 billionaires increase their wealth by $2.3 trillion. Elon Musk increased his wealth by 1,000% to $270 He's not a hero where Elon Musk begins and when government ends, nobody knows. They create fake heroes, but during the period from 1970 to today, $47 trillion in American workers' wages went upward. Yeah, they had socialism for the elites. They did. And the American working people have been bamboozled. The average 70% of working people in this country don't even have 400 bucks in savings in their bank accounts. Obama printed $8.1 trillion in two terms. Trump printed 6.9 trillion in one term. And then in the middle of this, they have the right-wing grifters and the left-wing elites who manipulate people. And it's a massive, the biggest psyop that's taken place. But our movement for truth, freedom, and health exists. And anyone out there who's touched our movement and gone through it better help grow this movement because our campaign is about escalating the movement for truth, freedom, and health. We already did massive service to the world and this country, many of you know. Again, it was this movement that educated people on why natural immunity is better than artificial immunity. In 2019 and 2020, We saved many people's lives. Now it's in vogue to talk about that. Well, you were too little, too late. It was this movement, again, that exposed Fauci. It was this movement that exposed election systems issues. And it was this movement that was the first to talk about and expose the backdoor portals into Twitter with Elon Musk still had not addressed. He is the next bamboozling. And these people are part of the intelligence swarm in this country. And the way they have manipulated people throughout the world is through a three-step process. First, they conceal information when the truth comes out, particularly when an independent movement like us puts it out, step one. And when, and when they let that run the course, and then they do what is called a release of half-truth, a little piece of the big picture, and that's called damage control. And you think, ooh, Tucker Carlson just shared the backdoor portal. Well, we sent him an email, in October 15th of 2020, and October 30th, did nothing. Same with Glenn Greenwald on the left, right, whatever you want to call him, and the ACLU. But on October 28th, 2022, then they hyped up the Intercept story about the backdoor portal, which we had discovered as a plagiarism of our lawsuit. But they didn't tell the whole thing. They didn't tell that the American oligarchs, like Pierre Omidyar, like the Murdochs, And the zuckerbergs had funded the domestic censorship infrastructure in this country the intercept is owned by pierre omidyar pierre omidyar is the one who bought paypal from elon musk then they make this fool musk as some great american hero spacex is fully funded by the american taxpayer dollars 5.7 billion when you're on your phone on your ship or your air you're into starlink satellites you're in elon musk's world and the government's world tesla Would not You could put Elon Musk and AOC and Greta Thornburg on the same stage. They all believe this carbon nonsense. Tesla would not have made any money in profitability were it not for the nearly $1.5 billion in carbon credits that they got. And when you become profitable, then his valuation went to $600 billion. Tesla is dependent on the government. Twitter is dependent on Section 230 immunity for its valuation as a $50 billion company. Section 230 immunity means that no one can sue Twitter. And that comes at a big cost, which means you will have the government have a backdoor portal into Twitter. Elon Musk knows exactly what he's doing. And it is our movement which called him out. We always tell the truth. The good news is this. For the last two years, over 200 million to 300 million people all over the world have seen our videos. They know our movement exists and they know the truth. Historically, what happens is the left wing and the right wing manipulate people. But not so this time because an independent movement exists. And we have learned from the history of the 1800s and 1900s, and we're building our movement. We're running for United States Senate. Because we know the only way an outsider can win in their elections, the only way, even if there's a shot, is to build a movement. And we win anyway. Because we built the movement and we raised people's consciousness. We've already raised people's consciousness. Two people here ask, ooh, what about the elections? Right? Can you still win? But you wouldn't have known how corrupt the elections were. We're not for our running. We've already enlightened you. We've already won. But we're going to enlighten billions more people. Millions more people. Hundreds of millions more people. So I'm here to announce that we're definitely running for United States Senate. And we've also are organizing our exploratory committee to run for United States president. Now, some people say, oh, you can't run. You weren't native born. How can you run? Let's talk about that. Everything always changes. People always say you can't do certain things. Where, as many of you know, I'm an innovator. Our campaign has always been innovative. People said you couldn't invent email when I was a 14-year-old kid. We've done the impossible. People said you could never stop animal testing to to you know, ensure real science. We've done that with Cytosol. My entire life has always been doing the impossible. My parents, low caste Indians should never be here. One in a trillion to the power of a trillion. Well, we're here. Why shouldn't an immigrant be able to run for United States Senate? Let's talk about that. Ted Cruz ran, was he born here? No, Romney's father wasn't born here. There've been enough examples, but that's not really the issue. The real issue is those laws were put in place to ensure that people representing you would not become foreign agents at a time when people were concerned that the British were going to take over or something. Well, I would argue that most of these people in Congress are foreign agents and they're born here. I would argue that an immigrant like myself is far more patriotic than many of these people who are born here. And perhaps it's time to change those rules. We don't think it's a big issue. But what's more important is people who love this country and have all the credentials. I don't think there was no America before George Washington. So was he born here? Where was he born? He was born in the British Empire. So the issue is what is the quality of people we want in office? Are we going to outsource our future to people like Donald Trump and AOC and all these people who betrayed us? Are we going to start recognizing one of our own? That's the question to everyone. What is the kind of leadership we want? And where should our leaders come from? And do we start valuing ourselves? And what does it mean to be a human being? What does it mean to have dignity? What does it mean to have self-respect? Why was America created? What was the significance of this country? The significance was that, remember, 4% of the world only has the First Amendment. 4%. Britain doesn't have the First Amendment. India doesn't have the First Amendment. China surely doesn't have it. Only 4% of humanity has the First Amendment. And how are we treating the First Amendment? Are the American people leveraging it? No, they're watching Kardashians. They're outsourcing to Donald Trump, who talked a big game. But what did he do? And don't give him excuses, because I gave money to Trump. I've sat with him for two to three hours. And every time they have people to bamboozle you, Trump kept Fauci, talked a big game. Trump pushed vaccines through. Trump's followers went to prison. Jared Kushner's fathers came out of prison who was hiring prostitutes to manipulate his brother-in-law. Look at the actions of people in your own lives. And we all have to put a big mirror to ourselves, not what they say, and don't give them excuses. I've done that in my personal life and I refuse to do it anymore. The heart of our own oppression comes from our own compromises that we do because everyday good working people who work hard, it's hard for them to believe they're people who say one thing and do another. Think about your own personal relationships if you've had your own heartache and translate that to a larger level. Why do we hardworking people not have enough vigilance to know that these people who say something and do something, why do we excuse them? And just take that central principle and start applying it to your own personal lives, political lives. And if you can have the wisdom and the vigilance and the self-respect to recognize the importance of this principle of valuing work, valuing those people's words match their deeds, change will occur like that. But it doesn't occur like that because we keep thinking that someone else is going to take care of you. You have to have dignity for yourselves. This is a human journey. It's not something that is just some ethereal concept. It is a deeply human journey. And when the founders of the United States created this country and they gave the First Amendment, it was for you to reconnect with your creator that you meant something. You could say something against your government. You could say something against senators, the elite, and you would not be oppressed. This is quite profound. Think about what this means. No other country ever had this. In Britain, you still can't do it. Only the United States, it was something uh, ungodly from another world a profoundly spiritual thing that took place, which means you could connect with whoever you thought your creator was. You could pursue your dreams. This is revolutionary. And ever since that day in 1776, those people in power throughout the world have been trying to take away that First Amendment. Clawing it back. And with the consolidation of social media, with the consolidation of of Silicon Valley and Congress working together, Democrat and Republican, have sold out the American people. What is the First Amendment? What does the First Amendment say? Congress, there are three institutions in the United States, okay? There are three institutions in the United States. What are those three institutions? The judicial, the legislative, And then what? The executive. Under the executive is a president, right? Under the judicial or the judges, et cetera. And under the legislative is Congress. The first amendment says among many things, Congress shall pass no laws to abridge the freedom of speech. Does it not? Right? Congress isn't supposed to do that. So what did Congress do? In 2019, sorry, 2018, an organization was created by Congress, Republicans and Democrats, called the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, CISA. Who signed CISA into law? Anyone? Trump, Trump thank you. So, you know, look at the facts as they are. He's such a nice person yeah, he drinks and he beats me once in a while, but he's such a nice person. I should still hang out with him. Look at what he does to you every day. Personal life? Oh, he's such a nice person. He signed SISA into law. Oh, maybe he didn't know. Maybe he didn't know he had bad advisors. Oh, maybe he didn't know when he beats me that he drinks all day. I should excuse that. It doesn't matter. He signed it into law. And what did SISA do? And our movement discovered that. Not Stephen Miller, not Tucker Carlson. These guys concealed it when we discovered it in 2020. And everyone should be quite angry about that. What did we discover? That SISA put together an entire infrastructure, which is in our diagram. People can go see it, winbackfreedom.com. And that diagram shows that it started in Massachusetts by Galvin and Michelle Tassinari, and at Harvard Belfer School. They wrote the documents called playbooks, detailed guides, and how they would blacklist Americans who spoke up against government, how they would track them, follow them, etc. And it was found out in the long fuse report. I was one of six people tracked as a quote unquote influence operator on the same level as Trump. They ranked me. Go read it. I would do a tweet and I would do long form videos. Although I only had 20,0, 300,000 followers, I would do a tweet and I would get 30,000 retweets. Other people have 3 million followers. They do a tweet. They're lucky if they get two retweets. People were engaged with us. They knew that I spoke the truth, that I would never sell them out and that they did not like. And we showed that SISA had created this entire domestic censorship infrastructure. It was our campaign that exposed that and it was done by Republicans and Democrats. Congress is not supposed to pass any laws that will abridge the First Amendment. So what did they do? What did these criminals do? Well, they set up something called Section 230 immunity, which basically said these social media companies, if they made a billion dollars in revenue, would get 10X multiple on their valuation because they were deemed platforms. You see, Wall Street categorizes businesses. If you're a social media platform, if you make $1 in revenue, you get 10 times in valuation. So if a social media company makes a billion dollars in revenue, how much are they worth? Ten billion. If they make $5 billion in revenue, how much are they worth? Okay. Now, a New York Times is a publisher they put it into a category. If they make $1 billion in revenue, they get two times valuation. So if the New York Times makes $5 billion in revenue, how much are they worth? Okay, if a a Twitter makes $5 billion in revenue, how much are they worth? Uh, $50 $50 billion. Okay, that is because you can sue the New York Times if they publish an article against you. It's called defamation, a false article. But if someone posts a posting against you, that's defamatory. You cannot sue a social media company. And that is Section 230 immunity, right? You can't be sued. That's great. Your valuation goes up. In order to get that valuation, who gets, who profits from such valuations? The Silicon Valley investors who invest in Google, Facebook, Yelp, and all these companies. Well, where do they live? Well, they live on Hill Road, many of them in California. Elon Musk only owns 9% of Twitter. Who are the other 91% of the people? So they need to keep that high valuation. They cannot lose Section 230 immunity. So once in a while, Congress does theater like Scumbags like Ted Cruz. Oh, my God, I'm for the First Amendment calls these people in. I'm going to take it away from you. Well, I'm sure he gets some donations from Silicon Valley, guys. And boom, it's gone. So Silicon Valley and Congress play theater. Silicon Valley funds Congress. Congress makes sure these social media companies get Section 230 immunity. And in return for that. The government of the United States makes sure social media companies have a backdoor portal. So, they can spy on you and me and censor you. And that's what they did to me, a United States Senate candidate in Massachusetts. This is about money. They do not want one of your own, someone like me, being your leader. They want one of their own, top down. They do not want one of your own. And that is why they attempted to make our movement invisible, but they lost. Because every day we used to go in any means necessary. We went door to door. We put up signs, right? I was traveling in Mexico. Everyone in the airport said, I saw your video. I saw your videos. I was driving through when I went to India through Dubai. Random people from all over the country, world, would say, we saw what they did to you in Massachusetts. We got the word out. Whether Tucker Carlson did or not, or whether CNN did, we got it out. And everyone should see that as a victory and they will never support independent movements. The reason Tucker Carlson did not cover our lawsuit because we're independent, he can't grift off of it. They, they wanna suppress independent movements and their successes. You guys following what I'm saying? If I was part of one of the wings, we would have been out there. Ooh, because I could have, they could have made money off of us. And look at what occurred with our censorship lawsuit. We won, we exposed it. The judge wanted to put me back on Twitter. But then he wanted me to drop all the claims against the government, I refused to do that. Then he wanted to (laughs) censor me, sue me, and he thought he was gonna break me. Then he sealed our lawsuit. Alex Berenson struck a deal with government. I didn't do that. So in me, you have a real fighter. And I've been fighting bottoms up since the age of 17, and long before that. So why shouldn't a guy like me run for president? Was I born here? No, but so what? Let's change those rules. Maybe some of these people were born here who are foreign agents should be thrown in jail. John Boehner is a lobbyist for China. let us He was the head of the House of Representatives. Let's go through all these guys. Jared Kushner got a $2 billion loan from Saudis. So he should be able to run for president, but I shouldn't, who's loyal to the working people? I don't think that's fair, do you? We do the impossible, and the impossible is what always takes place out of Massachusetts, right? Next town over is where the Revolutionary War began. So we are building an independent movement, definitely running for U.S. Senate, and I'm here to announce that the first time we're going to start our uh, exploratory committee to run for United States president. Bring it on. I shouldn't be running. Let's talk about that. You weren't born here. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about all the founders who created the Constitution who weren't born here. Where were they born? They are born in the British Empire. We're going to do something quite unique, which is we're going to inspire people to have self-respect for themselves. That's what art movement's about. It's about the individual having connection to their creator, valuing themselves, respecting themselves, and stop outsourcing your future to these scumbags, Republicans and Democrats. They will never get their hands dirty. You've seen me on the ground marching against Moderna. You've seen me on the ground getting my hands dirty. Will you see Donald Trump out there handing out flyers? No. I don't think so, door to door. Would you see him out there taking a mic and taking a hit to the face when one of the Elizabeth Warren's people come and punches you? No. They have everything engineered, all tanning done, all their hair done perfectly. It's all bloody engineered. We are real. There's nothing engineered here. This speech is not engineered. This is off the cuff. And let's talk about something that's going on right now. Okay? Right now, that will expose to everyone in the world, in Massachusetts, We have people from all over the world, in America, how scumbags the Republicans and Democrats are, what they have done to the people of Ohio. Let's talk about what's going on in Ohio. I have a little presentation put together. I'm gonna share it to everyone. Let's talk about this. As many of you know, I love educating people. I'm a scientist, I'm an inventor. I actually work every day, I actually do science, solve equations, clean my own house, I do. Educate people, take young people in, have to do the work their educational institutions didn't do, have to slap them upside the head. Their parents don't do that anymore. And we make good human beings. That's what our movement does. We raise people's consciousness. But let's talk about what's going on in Ohio. And number one, we went, first of all, there's vinyl chloride among many things that's being spewing out of this. What is vinyl chloride? You know, vinyl chloride, we went through using the technology that I created, which we've essentially do as a service to the world. We went through 1,158 research articles, f- five clinical trials over s- the last 63 years. Will any other politician do something like this? Will any other politician actually do science? Do they even know what science is? No. Okay, so why are we voting for them? What about George Washington? He was a surveyor. What about Jefferson? These people are scientists. Why are we voting for scumbags who have no skills? Why? Everyone here works for a living. Am I right? Yeah. So why do you elect people who don't work for a living? Because you have to start respecting yourselves. Respect labor, hard work. So we went through all these articles and we ran it through Cytosol. We know that year over year, pharmaceuticals spending more and more money on R&D and they're finding less and less drugs, right? This is why they needed the vaccine. And I've talked about this for years. They needed the vaccine. Pfizer's revenue was dropping like this, 65 billion to 45 billion. Now it's increased 80 to 100. Thank you, Donald J. Trump. You were in office. Donald Trump was given $1 million by Pfizer for his inauguration committee. So was Biden. They didn't say, oh my God, I can't take this money. They took it, okay? Now, let me talk to you about what's going on here. What is vinyl chloride that's spewing out of there, okay? First of all, it's a colorless glass gas. It has two, if you take carbon, it's two carbon bonds, double bonds, hydrogen, 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 and chlorine, right? So if you put carbon, carbon, it's a chemical, okay? C2H3Cl, two carbons, three hydrogens, one chlorine atom, got it? It's highly flammable. It's explosive gas. It's about faint and sweet odor. And the odor threshold is about 3,000 parts per million in air when you start feeling it, okay? It's a monomer, okay? And it's used for making PVC, plastic, PVC pipes. Has any politician explained to you what vinyl chloride is? Okay, well, you learned that. Let's continue. John, everyone can see this on Zoom elsewhere? Yep. Okay. Now, it should be com- confined under high pressure in special containers. It should be stored in a cool, dry, well, ventilated location, separate from oxidizing materials and things that could accelerate it. Some facts about it. What's a boiling point of water? Okay, what's the boiling point of vinyl chloride? 7.9 degrees Fahrenheit. Seven degrees, eight degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. What's the freezing point of it? Negative 244 degrees Fahrenheit. Specific gravity of it is 68, you know, it's 0.91 in liquid. The vapor pressure is around 2,530 millimeters of mercury. The vapor density is 2.16. I'm telling you these because I know physical chemistry and I want other people to know that these parameters matter and we should educate our youth on what these mean. They know more about who freaking won the Super Bowl, than they, or all these other interesting facts or what XYZ celebrities wearing versus what's in, in in their environment. And I think we should start educating people. Okay? It's highly flammable explosive gas. How is it made? Anyone know how, how vinyl chloride's made? So I have a very nice chart here, and for those of you in the room, I explained it to you, it goes down a process. There's two methods to make vinyl chloride one is one is you take ethylene chlorine ethylene and chlorine okay and that's the raw materials ethylene and chlorine and it goes through a process called chlorination or oxy oxychlorination and or direct chlorination or and that forms vinyl chloride The other method is you start off with a different molecule as a raw material ethylene chloride and acetyl, HCL, hydrochloric acid, and that goes through a process called cracking, oxychlorination, or hydrochlorination. So you have two ways to create vinyl chloride, okay? But it starts with these raw materials. And it's used everywhere, you know? It's used in medical, it's used in tensile roofs, it's used in flooring, right? It's used for windows, it's used for pipes, for packaging even around vitamins, okay? It's used for cables, it's used for leisure, you know, the rafts that you make, it's used everywhere, So vinyl chloride shows up everywhere in our lives. And there are three routes to exposure. One is you can inhale it, right? It's in the air, you inhale it. Um, It affects your liver health, and you can ingest it, okay? So three ways. And its primary route of exposure is through inhalation. And it's readily absorbed from the lungs, and it's undetected by the nose until you... achieve 3,000 3, parts per million. So you could have it in this room right now, but you won't notice it until it hits a density of 3,000 parts per million. And it can start, so the exposure can start long before it's actually detectable. All right. What does it do when you inhale it? irritates your respiratory tract. And about 8,000 parts per million, it'll cause dizziness. And it can, concentrations of 20,000 parts per million, it'll cause drowsiness, loss of concentration, visual and auditory abnormalities, disorientation, nausea, headache, burning, tingling of the extremities. An acute exposure will lead to loss of consciousness and it'll stop your blood from clotting. Okay. You could also get it exposed, not breathing, but into your skin and the eyes. And what happens then? The direct skin contact with the compressed air can cause frostbite-like injuries and a systemic absorption is negligible, and the direct exposure can cause localized burns, conjectivitis, and it can irritate your cornea. That's when it comes through your eyes, okay, and the skin. You can also ingest it. You accidentally eat it on something, right? It dumps on something, and it's likely, um, now this is unlikely because it's a gas, okay, but it's uh, acute toxicity is unlikely, okay? Now, Let me talk about the adverse effects of chronic vinyl chlorine exposure. And this is all the research I did for you guys for today. Um, These are the non-cancerous effects. We're going to get into the cancerous. First of all, it's caused liver damage. The liver is the most important detoxifying organ in your body. It can cause central nervous system damage, dizziness, drowsiness, fatigue, headache, visual and hearing disturbances, memory loss, sleep disturbances, kidney disease, sterilize you for men, birth defects and miscarriages. These are the non-cancerous effects of vinyl chloride. These are the cancerous adverse effects, okay? It's a group A, which is the highest level of the human carcinogen and the causal association has been established, which means they know definitively that vinyl, it's not like, well, maybe, no, it definitively causes cancer. It's been shown to cause angiocarcinoma, that's a rare form of liver cancer, Breast cancer, brain cancer, and lung cancer, okay? How does it work? I have a diagram here that I'm showing you the mechanisms. We want people to understand this now, right? So what does it do? If you take a liver cell in your liver, the vinyl chloride goes in, it's very easily absorbed into your liver, and there is an enzyme that you have inside your liver called cytochrome P450. And that gets, that enzyme gets metabolized and that metabolizes the vinyl chloride, okay? To what's called chlorine ethylene oxide. This is all occurring in your body, right? Vinyl chloride comes in, you have an enzyme. It, it metabolizes that to a, a new form called chlorine ethylene oxide, CEO, or chlorine acetyl, acetyl aldehyde, which is CAA. So vinyl chloride goes into your liver, and your body transforms that into two substances, C-E-O, chlorine ethylene oxide, and chlorine acetyl acetyl, acetyl aldehyde, C-A-A. And what do these do? Well, these are what are called highly reactive inside your body. And then they readily react with your DNA. They go through your nucleus into your, so here's a cell, your liver cell, the vinyl chloride goes in, CEO and CAA are created, they cross the nuclear membrane, they hit your DNA and they cause DNA damage leading to mutations. And the accumulation of these mutations leads to liver cancer. <coughs> Everyone following me? Yep. Pretty deadly, right? And we, and we transport this on railways in the United States. So if you're transporting this on the Uni- in the United States and you care for the working people of this country, wouldn't you want the railway systems to be safe? you'd be very concerned, right? So you know the dangers of this chemical. All right. So there was a serious attack on freedom in this country because this entire tragedy was completely, completely avoidable. And I'm gonna walk you through now why both Republicans and Democrats are scumbags and stop voting for any of them. Vote for yourself and let's build a movement. Like we already we built the movement, but let's grow this movement. And that's why we're running for US Senate. And that's why I'm announcing that we're going to create our exploratory committee to run for US president. So let's now talk about this avoidable tra- tragedy. Now, what happened here? Some of you may have read it, but let me summarize this. First of all, the tragedy occurred in Ohio. For those of you listening from all over the world, it's an embarrassment to the United States. The der- derailment took place in a place called Palestine, Ohio. Now, the train was carrying hazardous chemicals, including vinyl chloride, and it derailed on when? February 3rd, 2023. 232023, 2323. Okay, 2323. If you want to do some numerology. And there was a controlled release of vinyl chloride to avoid expo- explosion. So they decided we don't want it to explode. So a decision was made to release it. That was a decision that was made. And if it, now one of the things to understand is that the region that this occurred, the area um, that it occurred, there's a East Palestine here. The area, there's a pretty significant region where death was possible and another region where injury was possible outside of that. Now, 50 train cars, 50 train cars derailed on February 3rd and animals were found instantaneously on the dead crash site. Not only were vinyl chloride leaked, which can cause cancer, but benzene was leaked, which is linked to unconsciousness and, and convulsions. Ethylene glycol and monobutyl ether. By the way, anyone who studies organic chemistry will know these, which causes metallic taste and vomiting. Ethyl acrylate was released associated with scratchy throat and difficulty breathing. And isobutylene was released, which is, leads to fatigue and cause uh, coma in high doses. Now, don't you think a politician should be doing this? Has anyone got on national TV and done this? Why? Why do we keep electing these scumbags? They don't give a damn about the working people in this country. So please let go of your Republican committees, let go of your Democrat committees. They're all just suckering and working people and wasting your time. Let's go build this independent movement door to door. Go to reach your neighbors, get out of all these political organizations. The movement, our campaign, Senate, and our Exploratory Committee for President is going to basically get people to get off their butts. So let's look at this. What occurred here? I think I did something here. One second. I can do this. John, can you still see this? Can see it on, uh, I can see it on YouTube. I can see it okay. on the yeah. Right. So let's talk about what occurred, what the left's and right responses. Pete Buttigieg, that fool, completely was skirting the safety standards. Okay? And you'll see both left-wing and right-wing did it. Let's go back a couple of months ago. Everyone remember the railroad workers were striking? Do you remember that? Remember the Democratic Party? What the, Were they supposed to be the party of who? The workers. And AOC, the so-called left-wing Marxist. What did she do for the workers? Nothing. Nothing. No, she said that the workers should not strike, not stand up for their rights. And remember, these workers, they've shortened the number of workers. They completely squeeze the number of workers. One worker sometimes has to be on call for up to 16 hours. And people are complaining, like, we don't have enough people. We're staying awake late at nights. There's safety issues here. AOC. She told the workers to avoid the rail after telling the workers to stay strong. Bullshit. If you were a true Marxist, wouldn't you say strike? Wouldn't you? Workers unite? Is that what they did? No, she told the workers to comply with management. Does that sound like if you were a Marxist, a Marxist? Does it? Well, Whatever it is. Was she a communist? No. Communists say workers of the world unite. She's a fascist. She told workers to get in line, support management. It's not even a communist or it's not even a socialist. It's a fascist. They have bamboozled American people with these terms. Communists, socialists, Marxists. They bamboozled people. Because they don't want working people to organize bottoms up movements. So they brand you when you do that. And then they have fools like AOC telling working people to, you know, to get in alignment. You know, that's what they tell people. All right. Now let's talk about the right wing's response. So we know the left wing didn't stand up for the workers. What did the right wing do? Okay. Okay. Well, the right wing knew that you know, these rail companies are very large private companies. You guys know that, right? Multi-billion dollar companies. And the reports were coming out even as early as 2015, the Obama administration enacted a rule that required these things called the ECP breaks, okay? And these breaks um, uh, required that Their their advanced braking systems um, on trains should be enacted, should be implemented for um, things carrying, uh, it was uh, was called a rule that was enacted in 2015 under the Obama administration, which said that trains carrying crude oil and certain hazardous materials should be put in. But guess what? The lobbyists got involved, and these very strict regulations got degraded, and they were limited in scope following those lobbying efforts. Well, who funds those lobbyists? The big rail companies. So it's like like Obama stood for this. He also sold out. And then under Trump, guess what happened? The ECP break rules were completely scrapped. You see, one wing of the administration acts like they're going to help workers and does it underhandedly. The other wing just does it overtly. And they do this in everything. One wing wants to go kill people, war, and the other says, well, we're not for war, but let's bomb them like this, Okay. Let's not bomb them this way. Let's bomb them that way. Right? One wing of the establishment in any issue is just smarter at screwing people. The Republicans are doing that right now with the elections issues and with the domestic censorship infrastructure. Mark my words, they are under the aegis of child safety. Elizabeth Warren and Lindsey Graham are working on legislations right now to legalize those backdoor portals. And they'll make you feel good when you sign those laws. So anyway, with this ECP, here's a quote. says, these ECP brakes are very important for oil trains. Rail safety expert Stephen Dittmeyer said in 2018, when the regulations were rolled back, it makes a great deal of sense. All the brakes get applied immediately, and there will be fewer cars in the pileup. Okay? So, So the Trump administration scrapped this. Why? God knows how many people in the Trump family around them made money, or the lobbyists, For eliminating that. So wake the fuck up, everyone. Trump doesn't give a fuck about the American people. Neither do the Republicans. Watch the money. And don't get bamboozled by these left wing, right wing. Obama screwed people in a subtle way. Trump did it just more overtly. All right. Now, the company's lobbying group nonetheless pressed for the rules repeal telling regulators that it would, Im, quote unquote, impose, this is what they said, impose tremendous costs without providing offsetting safety benefits. The argument won out with the Trump officials and the Biden administration, so Trump did it, has not moved to reinstate the break rules. It's not like the Democrats said, oh, we got to help people. And then what do you see? You see immediately, and this is how they play the game. You know, Pete Buttigieg says, oh, it's not our fault, it's Trump's fault. Okay, then they do the blame game. Obama did it, Trump did it more overtly, Biden doesn't do it. And so this came out in the Daily Mail. Trump, transportation, I mean Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg says blames Trump administration for hampering rail safety as Republicans criticizes lack of responses to catastrophic Ohio train rail. You see what they do? And then you'll have all the Tucker Carlson, yes, they did this. Da, 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 da. Meanwhile, a Pfizer ad rolls here, okay? Guys are complete scumbags. Cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. Give me donations. Give me donations. I'm going to fight the for, fight for you. But they do not want you having on a Saturday afternoon. They should be doing. They should be doing this. This is their duty. Why aren't they doing this? Because they don't want to empower you to understand this and go to your neighbors and be true active citizens. They want you to outsource to them and be a, be entertained. And when the Chiefs or the Philadelphia Eagles lose, then everyone's, oh my God, they're shaking trains and, lock- I mean, sorry, knocking over cars and stuff. Ooh, this is a big deal. But when this happens, you don't see anything, do you? Where's the outrage at this? Nothing, right? That's the way we're training people to be lap dogs, to care more about some stupid guy who throws a ball Or a woman who takes off her clothes and shows a little bit of herself and how attractive she is and gets enough plastic surgery that the average American cannot do in a life, make in a lifetime. These are our heroes. Vinyl chloride. Here's a summary. It's a grade A carcinogen. It's widely used in plastic. It's been shown to cause cancer, liver cancer. The, you know, the railway derailment led to massive exposure of this, and the vinyl chloride exposure left thousands of people and animals vulnerable to many, many health effects. So those are the facts, okay? And our movement has just educated you on what's actually taking place. No one else will do it. And everyone, and what our movement is going to do when we launch our campaign, which is launched, all of you here, and all over the world are going to get an opportunity to go door to door, meet your neighbors. And you're going to be able to hand them out a flyer about our campaign. And you're going to be able to invite them every Thursdays where we will educate them on a topic. What is the scientific method? So they can discern what is evidence and what isn't. So they'll fundamentally see, well, the entire climate change nonsense is nonsense. And they'll be able to educate their people. We're going to do a talk on how to understand their body as a system. Health. We're going to talk about how you become an active citizen. How do you build a bottoms-up movement? Freedom. We're going to teach people how their kids can become innovators. See, we're not going to wait to win an office, you see? All of you are going to become solutionaries as a part of our movement. And every day on our website, we'll be talking about how many people we already changed, how many people we educated. It's not like when I get into office, I'm going to do this. And Trump just did this. Stephen Miller suddenly said, Oh my God, I've discovered the backdoor portal, stole our stuff. And then Trump says, Yes, when I get elected, I will now change this. Well, you created CISA. You see how these guys work? How many times are we going to allow ourselves to be screwed over by these billionaires and people who don't give a damn about you? Because they get so much airtime. We're bamboozled to think they're better than you. They're not just because they shit in a golden toilet. I've met with Trump. Two hour long conversation. After he endorsed a fool in Massachusetts who couldn't get a job. I mean, nothing went wrong with Uber drivers. But he promotes himself, this fool who ran in Massachusetts for governor, that he runs a business. We had to get a job as an Uber driver. And that's who Trump endorsed, who was part of, doing the election fraud on us. So I asked him, why did you endorse this guy? He goes, well, I don't know. Uh, Well, he's a fucking scumbag. Well, I don't know. Yes, he is. It's a two-hour conversation with Trump. And then he said, oh, Dr. Shiva, you're great. You've done so much, da-da-da-da, praising me, praising me, praising me. But at the end of the day, the Save America campaign by Trump is cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Carrie Lake had to give him $100,000 to get his endorsement. So all of you Republicans, stop endorsing these people. I gave him money. Frank Licato's on the phone, put up at least 10,000 signs for him. So stop being bamboozled. Have respect for yourself. No one is going to save us. Our campaign is a movement to restore what America was supposed to be about and who we value. We value working people. We value talking to our neighbors. We value educating people, door to door to door. And that's what our campaign's gonna do. You're gonna have the experience of knocking on someone's door. You're gonna have the experience of handing out a flyer and looking at someone and having a conversation with them. And it's gonna be beyond left and right. On every issue, our campaign is gonna educate people. There's a left-wing bullshit view and the right-wing view, and then there's the truth. When people say there's two sides to every story, yeah, there's the left-wing and the right-wing, then there's the truth. The truth is that it's not about pro-vax, anti-vax. The issue is you need to boost your natural immunity to become a resilient body. You see? You can't be pro, you know, if you look at, we did a major educational event on this. When you look at the gun issue, when you look at the, it's not about having guns or not having guns. The number one reason gun violence takes place is because of income inequality, period. The Democrats don't want to address this. The Republicans don't want to address this. It's not about owning guns. It's a fundamental issue, but no one wants to talk about that. And we have the science on that. You take every one of these issues that they break. The election systems issue, I know Mike Lindell have hung out with them. He just wants to sell fucking pillows and be on Jimmy Kimmel. It's not China. It's a fact in our own country that the signature verification system is broken. It's a fundamental issues with chain of custody. If we could access ballot images, we could expose a fraud. They deleted them in Massachusetts. Let's talk about the real issues that we can solve. So they stole our stuff, concealed our stuff, manipulated our stuff and made money. Our hard work, they made, Trump made a half a billion dollars off our hard work. Where did all that money go? Off my hard work, while I'm running my companies, while trying to rent out my building, all of that, John Medlar will tell you, day and night, maybe I got through doing those reports, which changed this country's understanding. We are the real heroes. And it's time people start valuing the real heroes, no matter what color they come from. And let go of all this bullshit brainwashing that the left and the right media has done to you. And our movement, the most important thing is we exist. And we are going to go into phase two now. Phase one was extraordinarily successful. Right? Everyone knows about Dr. Shiva. They really do. And that's what scares them. What most importantly scares them is we're independent of both parties. We don't We call out Tucker Carlson, we call out AOC, we call out Trump, we call out all these people. Why do we call them out? Do I enjoy doing the dirty work? Because we lose followers on, oh my God, he's calling out Trump. Oh, 20,000 followers gone. Okay, that's fine. But the people that remain know that we will always tell the truth at the right time. And in closing, remember, the most important thing in life is to say the right thing at the right time to the right people. That is called courage. Alan McDonald, a great engineer who knew the space shuttle could not withstand the low temperatures in 1986. He knew the O-rings. He said, I'm not going to sign off on the launch. He was vilified. He was attacked. And when he died a couple of years ago, he said the most important thing is to say the right thing at the right time. Tucker Carlson doesn't say the right thing at the right time. They're absolute part of the CIA intelligence network. Go look at his history on October 30th, 2020. He says, let's go light on Hunter Biden. He suffered enough. That's what they do. They say, okay, look, because they're all part of the same DC swarm. They all hang out together. They all go to the same parties. They, their, their children have the same equestrian coach. Seriously. They're not you or I. Let's grow a movement. Let us... Bring dignity to people's lives. That is what this country was built on. And only our movement can do that. Because everyone else is playing this bullshit game. And in fact, they're finding other Indians to run against me. They're finding a lot of brown skinned guys. Have you seen that lately? Have you seen that? It is not accidental. They're figuring out these other brownies who will play the game. It is not accidental. They know this image and our movement is getting out there and they have to dilute it with these wannabes. This guy Vivek Ramaswamy, Yale, Harvard guy, talks a big game. He's on the right wing bullshitter. Literally steals our stuff. But guess what? Our movement exists. People throughout the world know it. You saw people from all over the world here. So Before I take questions to let everyone know, we're not walking away. We're gonna explosively escalate this movement for truth, freedom, and health. And our running for United States Senate is gonna do that. And anyone in Massachusetts, just remember in Massachusetts, and this is generally true, only 10% of the people in Massachusetts are quote unquote Republicans. The other 35% are quote unquote Democrats. The 65% in Massachusetts are registered independents. They've already figured this out. And that's about 2.7 million people. And there's another 2.7 million people who don't even bother to vote, even though they're registered to vote. What does that tell you? Is this a Republican or Democrat state? No, it's a state of people of dark matter, people who know that a bunch of bullshitters are there. The amount of effort it takes for these people to win elections is to make sure outsiders never come in. So rebel against your Democrat parties, rebel against your Republican parties. In 2023, we have to go scorched earth on all these guys. Got to burn them to the ground. They're scumbags. They're racists, real racists. And it's time that white Americans start using that term, white working class people. And I'll tell you why. The left doesn't want you to use the word racist. Let me tell you who the biggest racists are they're the white liberal elites. Because what they have done is they've come up with a term called white supremacy. And when, in fact, they're the white supremacists, it's no different when the U.S. government calls some poor people fighting for their rights in some other country terrorists. And then if those people should use the word terrorism and call the United States government, the elites, the military, industrial complex terrorists. Same way what they've done. And I want to talk about racism because we have not have a real discourse in this country about racism. White working people, typically conservatives, have been told to not talk about the word racism. So you know what's happened? The liberal elites have taken over that word. And let me tell you now, I'm gonna tell you the punchline I'll roll back into and you'll get it. When white working class Americans start calling people like Elizabeth Warren, a white supremacist, that's when racism is gonna end. Let me explain this. You see, the elites are very, very clever. Do not underestimate their cleverness. So they see everyday working class white people and they see black people bunch of other races. They want these people to be fighting against each other. So what they do is they have created, they actually have created white supremacy that all great things must come from quote unquote, England, right? Whatever. And we can talk about that. So what they have done is they have manufactured this to make white working people, some aspects feel better. But fundamentally what they've done is if you are actually a working person, and you question certain things, you're called a white supremacist. I've been called a white supremacist, when we, especially if you stand for free speech. I've been called a Nazi and a white supremacist. And then they make it, they make you cower to use those terms. Ooh, I'm not going to go there. We should go there. It is time that we recognize there is white supremacy. And, and Elizabeth Warren creates it. Harvard creates it. They have created white. Su- they are the white supremacists, no different than the military industrial complex being the terrorists. And this is a nuance of it. And someone in between this color can see that. Because I've been called a white supremacist and I fought against racism, real racism. And the real racists are Elizabeth Warren. She uses race to advance herself and she uses race to divide people. And then they have the Republicans. Oh, there is no racism. And then one wing says there is racism. You see how they've got people. It's a very clever technique. Now, the solution may seem weird. Yeah, we should say, yeah, they're white. In fact, we are planning on doing a white supremacist march on Elizabeth Warren's house. What are the people in Cambridge going to do? We're against white supremacy. Where is it? It's Elizabeth Warren's house. It's at Harvard. But that is the truth. They create racism, that is racism. And you can't not use these words because it's already out there. You see, but that's the innovation in our campaign. They don't want you to go, we are gonna go there, we're gonna talk about it. So, bottom line, we're running for United States Senate, and we're gonna create our exploratory committee for 2024 to run for president. And anyone who has a problem with me running for president, if I, because on the native born, go look at all these other people who are native born who've actually run. But more importantly, that rule is a minor rule that needs to go. Away. It's old. It's like from because those rules were created for people not to be foreign agents. And we have a lot of foreign agents, as I've mentioned, in the United States Congress who do not serve the American people anymore. They're, they serve Google. They serve Facebook. They serve Twitter. So that's where we're at. So I believe we're going to have a great campaign. We have, you know, from an, they, by the way, in the last campaign, did you notice they didn't do any polling? They typically do visibility and favorability polling in the, in the Republican primary. Why? Because I would say 90% of people in Massachusetts know Dr. Shiva. They don't want, they don't want anyone to know that. So they actually have to conceal our campaign. It's not even attacking us. They have to make us invisible. And they can't do that anymore because people know who the real fighters are. It's us and they know they can trust us. So go out there, if you're a Republican, tell all your Republican committee members to get the hell out of our way and that they're wasting their time. And if you're a Democrat, go do the same thing. You're wasting our time. They're stealing your money. Don't give them one penny. We don't even need money. By the way, we got money for a campaign from people, people like uh, Crystal Ellis, came from Michigan I mean, came from Nebraska to go on the ground. We had Anthony Zingali came from Florida. They see our campaign in Massachusetts as a movement for the world's working people. Do you guys understand the magnitude of what we're talking about? Every time I'll do some posting, people say, Dr. Shiva, you should run for president. Well, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. We just announced we are opening our exploratory committee. Let's do it. Thank you, everyone. I'm going to take questions. John, if you could, if someone has a question, um, anyone here with a question, we'll start here. Yes. So So, Sam, say your name so we can announce it to people. I'm Sam. Yep. So I noticed that there's been discussions about race lately and there's been an increasing population in getting rid of the terms black and white. Like Some people are no longer identifying as black and like I'm one of those people. So in regards to changing the racial identity in terms, of like how to refer to ourselves, how do we get rid of the identity politics and leave those behind? Yeah, so so Sam's got a great question. Very, very wise question. He's saying some people are starting, I'm gonna repeat it so people understand. Sam said some people are tired of the, the racism or the discussion of race. And they, if you're black, like you're saying, you don't wanna be called black anymore. What do you call yourself then? Human, okay, call yourself human. Um, and they're tired of that. now. The issue is, Sam, let's talk about this, okay? The divide and rule concept, let's go to the politics and the profits of this. You always have to go to the heart of the issue here from the profitability standpoint. Why did racism come? And where did sexism come from? Who does it profit to separate a man from, you know, create the male woman dynamics or the black and white dynamics? Who does it ultimately help? Yes. So let's talk about that. So if you go to a factory floor, okay, and there are black workers and white workers there, and you're the boss, okay, you surely do not want black and white people organizing against you. So you typically pay the white worker a little bit more and the black worker a little bit less. And They say, man, that guy's getting paid more than me. And you create it on the floor. People are fighting against each other. They do this with women and men. This is, and this goes back a long way. When in fact the when the white colonists came to the United States, you know the elite. Do you know they purposely had the white settlers afraid of the black slaves and the Native Americans, and then the Native Americans afraid of the black slaves and the white settlers, and they the Native, they, they created these dynamics so no one would get together. Because think about it: the white settlers who were many poor, hardworking people, and the black slaves, and the and the Native Americans were all being subjugated on some level. So they had them all constantly fighting. There's whole essays written on this. How did in India, did the British go there and subjugate more people than them? How did they pull this off? So I know much of the, so with the Boston Tea Party, much of that tea came from India. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is dynamically, the concept of dividing and ruling people was a very powerful way to have people fighting amongst each other. If you go look at the history in, uh, in 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 India, right, you will find out they'll say, the you know, in the 1600s, they say the French fought the British, you know, in some war in India, trying to get, gain territory. And then you read it and it says there were 5,000 soldiers on the French and 5,000 on the British side. Okay. And then if you read the fine print, it'll say there was only 40 white British soldiers and 40 French. The other... 4,960 were Indians. How did that happen? Because they would manipulate one Indian king to give his people against another Indian king, you see? So while we can talk about the color of skin, the issue of division was done so people wouldn't get against their common exploiter, okay? So we need to understand that dynamic. And this is happening in more sophisticated ways today. And there's people who study these dynamics and that's done at places like Harvard. They actually study this and they model it. They know, they learn the science of how to divide and rule people. It's active. So they don't want a guy like me. So they have created beautiful little silos. If you're an Indian, you must shake your head like this, either work at a 7-Eleven or sit under a tree and meditate right? That's the image. If you're a blonde, you must look like this. If you're a white guy from the South, you surely must want to kill black people. Redneck, right? And, and if you're, a, uh, and so on, right? They've created these very little, and if you're, a ner- if, if you want to be a, the creator of something great technology, you must have these glasses, you must have a beard, you must have, a, you must look like a freaking nerd. Now, I know this personally, because when I invented email, I did it before I came to MIT, It wasn't done in the military-industrial complex, and the facts are black and white. You see, so they've created these little image silos, Sam. That's what you have to remember. They have created these imagery to divide people up. So when it comes to the issue of, let's say, racism, right, there is a history of the elites doing this to actively separate people so they don't ever get overthrown. So we have to understand that dynamic, okay? So if we're going to not call yourself black, maybe you want to call yourself human or cat or dog whatever. That, it doesn't matter, right? That doesn't address a fundamental issue. This exploitative behavior. And I'm saying that's still a band-aid on the real solution. Today the average black and hispanic median income is around 5 to 10,000. White incomes, white working class incomes were 20 and they're dropping down to 15. So whether you're black or white, you're all being screwed just at different degrees. The average net worth of a black person in Massachusetts is $8, $8 of a white person is 250,000. These dynamics do exist. You can't ignore them, but it is when white working class people and black working class people unite and they discuss these and they say, yes, there is racism. It is to split races. That is my definition. It's not the racism they say, you call me a name, that's just ignorance, come on. They have reduced racism to name calling. Oh, if we are, no, don't use the N word, now you're no longer a racist, bullshit. The real racists don't use the N words and they do all these policies. The real issue of racism would have been addressed in the civil rights movement if we built infrastructure in inner cities. And that's what the bottoms up movement wanted. They parachuted it in Martin Luther King, the Kennedy supported him and gave a nice speech, I have a dream. Statues were built for him and the real bottoms up movement was destroyed. The issues of racism were never addressed. Infrastructure in the inner cities. Instead, we did affirmative action to pit blacks against whites. You see what I mean? They exacerbated one form of racism with another and never addressed the root cause. So yes, there is racism, but it's not the racism the Democrats talk about and neither is the lack of racism the Republicans talk about. There is a racism. And it's dividing people up. And it's using race for financial gain. That's what she did, Elizabeth Warren. She's a racist. When we used to hand out those cards, right, with the fake Indian real and people said, oh, my God, they'd call me a racist. I said, no, you're a racist. And they all were these little white women who look like Elizabeth Warren liberal elites. And they didn't like that because they've never been called a racist. So we should call these people racists. Please, white people, working class people, call these liberal elites racists. Don't be afraid, because that's what they want you to do. Use their weapon against them, because they are the real racists. Racism is dividing people by race. And we need to define the actual definition of racism. You understand, Sam? You can't run away from it. Using race for financial gain is racism. That's racism. Dividing people up and segregating people is, quote unquote, racism. And our campaign will address that because we have an understanding of this other movements own They want to just make it left and right on every issue. They want to make it left and right. I'm not a racist. Yes, you are. I'm not a racist. Yes, you are. What's racism? You called me the N-word. No, that's not racism. That's ignorance. Racism is you pay me less. You pay them more. You allow that idiot, Elizabeth Warren, who says she's a Native American, lies about it, to get into Harvard. And we're the ones who forced her to take that DNA test. Not Trump. We did that. Everyone knows that. We sent her the DNA test kit. We sent her to her three times. I said, I'll give you my $10 million building. We put up nearly a thousand signs all over. She couldn't walk away from it. We. That was a victory. So let's start giving credit. Is that, does that answer your question, Sam? Yes. There is a racism... And the real racists are Elizabeth Warren. Don't run away from racism. They've checkmated you. And that's what they've done. The Republicans and the Democrats have checkmated the Republican conservative working class people or hardworking people calling them racist. Ooh, let's not talk about racism because if we do, we're following the Democrats. You see what I'm saying? Very subtle. Next question. Yes. My name is Robin. Hi, Robin. How do you do? Good push back against the climate change movement? Okay, so the question is what can we do to push back against the climate change movement? Our movement is gonna do that on the ground and we've already done that. Back in 2017, if you notice, I did a video which got like 100 million views. It literally on a whiteboard, I drew out the entire climate change scam and what the Paris Accords was really about. And by the way, Elon Musk is behind all this, you know that, right? So the only way Robin is through education. And we need to begin by teaching people at the ground level, what is evidence? What is, what is the definition of evidence? Anyone know? No. Evidence is reproducible predictions. I'll repeat that again. Reproducible predictions. That is what the definition of evidence is. Hi, Mesa. Hey, Kristen. That's the definition of evidence. You got it? When you look at the, so as a scientist, as a real scientist, what do I spend most of my life on? You have to, you see something, a phenomenon in the world, and you spend most of your life trying to explain that phenomenon and trying to predict it, right? Because once you can predict a phenomenon, then you know you figured out the laws of the universe. If I throw, if I have a little cannon here, Robin, and I shoot it over to you, a little, let's say, not a weapon, but a little tennis ball. Because I understand the laws of gravity, I can predict exactly at what angle I should and when it will reach you. You know that, right? Because I understand the equations of motion. And I can predict that every time. That's evidence, okay? What's happened with the climate change nonsense is they do a couple of very, and you see Elon Musk, that's, and I call him a scumbag because that's what he is. I think he's an actor. He gives a talk at the Paris Accords and he purposely confuses carbon with CO2. That would be no different than confusing hydrogen with water. And they have this diagram saying CO2 levels are going up and temperature is going up. Actually, when you look at it over the 600 million history of the planet, CO2 levels and um, temperature. Absolutely. Actually, they're inversely correlated. There have been times when CO2 levels have been really low and temperature has been high. And when CO2 levels have been high and temperature has been low. And we've educated people on it. But the fundamental issue is the following, that you have people, and you go to the heart of this, Robin, is that science has become a prostitution racket. The oldest profession now has invaded scientists. In fact, most of those people at MIT, Harvard, etc., practice the oldest profession. And what has occurred is since the passing of the Mansfield Amendment in 1970. And by the way, most politicians won't even know what the hell that is. It was when there was used to be a small amount of the military budget. Which was for basic research and they would just give the money away to do wild and crazy research, but it was such a small piece of this enormous budget. No one even remembered it. And then somewhere along the way, that little small piece of the budget was transported during the Vietnam War because people didn't want to fund the military anymore. That budget, which was still an enormous budget, went went under two organizations called the NSF and the NIH, which are under the executive branch. And they became highly politicized money. So if you want, so science became highly politicized. So at a fundamental level, our movement's going to educate people on what every once, every six weeks, we're going to do an orientation. I'm going to educate people on what is the scientific method, what people should be taught. And we're going to educate how do you do science, what is evidence, and how do you gather data. And in that talk, people are going to learn how what a scam the entire climate change bullshit is. And we're going to arm people with facts. By the way, the good news is most working class people don't believe this stuff. Anyone who works with their hands knows it's garbage. You know who believes the climate change stuff? The idiots who don't know what science is, but got a degree in science or got a degree in humanities, typically. OK, so what's happened is the sun is around 6000 degrees Kelvin. It sends a certain amount of radiation to the thing called the Earth. And when that radiation comes, about 300, uh, 340 square meters of that radiation hits the Earth. Um, 140 gets dissipated back into the atmosphere. The remaining 200, if my numbers are right, come into the earth. And they're supposed to get dissipated out to balance the energy equation. And that dissipation occurs through a process called convection. Convection is no different than if you took a hot pot and you placed it on your heater. And, you know, if you put some water in there, you know, you get all those little steam and the other stuff that convection occurs. That convection process is a very complex set of interactions between the turbulence of the oceans and and the fluid in the atmosphere. And that's called a, a fluid flow turbulence. And we don't even have a solution for that equation. You can win a million bucks if you solve that in science. It's called the Navier Stokes equation. Without solving that, they've made this hypothetical guesses on mathematical models. And all those mathematical models, all the 133 mathematical models don't even concur. And what they've created is like an ice cream cone of flavor. So there's a flavor for everyone. Some models predict all the ice caps are going to melt and other models predict no will melt. And there's everything in between. It's not science. That's not reproducible predictions. It's not evidence. It is throwing a dart at something and averaging them out. That's what they're doing. It's bogus science. Billions of dollars are behind this. If you're an MIT professor now and you say cockroaches and climate change, you'll get funded. Anything with climate change gets funded. Remember when bioterrorism was taking place? All these professors, they put the word bioterrorism in their their research and it would get funded. So that's what's going on. It's a whore fest. The reality is the Paris Accords allows China to double their pollution from 11 billion metric tons to 22 billion. India is allowed to double their pollution. In fact, America has gone down. The issue is pollution. It's not CO2, CO2 is necessary. The CO2 levels were very low in in, in the 1800s. CO2 levels used to be 7,000 parts per billion, whatever. We need CO2 levels. All the potheads pump CO2 into their greenhouses. CO2 is very necessary. It's not a pollutant. The number one cause of death in the world right now is COPD and lung with all the pollutants in the atmosphere. We're not addressing pollution. We're deviating the problem. And the, these batteries for these electric vehicles, no one wants to talk about that. Right. They don't have enough of it. Not only, do, well, they're going to mine, but, but the bottom line is to talk about the exploitation that takes place in Africa to do that. So you're a, a Tesla riding elite exploiting you know, poor workers, young kids, right? So the contradictions are so crazy, but we need to educate. So one of the things we're gonna do is you'll be able to go to a flyer, knock on your door and you say, look, why don't you come to our event next Thursday, you're gonna learn the scientific method. Our movement, we're gonna do God's work, not wait until we're elected. No, we're gonna do it right here and now, got it? That We're gonna give everyone the opportunity to be a human being and to be an American, not to outsource their stuff to some fools anymore. By the time our campaign comes, we will have educated millions of people in their homes. That's what we're going to do door to door to door to door. So there was a time in this country, that's how products were sold. Yeah, no one wants not to work. That so, long ago. Right. I used to go door to door. My first job. My parents had very little money. When I was, I think, nine years old, I wanted to get a sleeping bag. And I used to get these comic books, and the back of it said you could order the burpee seeds. And I ordered those seeds, and I went door-to-door. I was their number one sales kid. And I got my sleeping bag, you know? Door-to-door is hard because you have to get your pitch down. You have to have a good product. So I've done that. We need to get people working, like actually valuing work. We need to value people who work for a living, in your own families, encourage people to get the fuck up and work. Seriously. They want people to be lazy. They want people not to work. And they call that workers. No, that's called the lumpen proletarian. Maybe some of these Marxists should actually go read Marx. And we will talk about, on our campaign, we're going to talk about communism and Marxism And we're going to embarrass the left because I know communism. And we're going to embarrass the right talking about Jesus Christ. You want to talk about religion? Let's talk about Jesus Christ. He took a whip and he whipped the bankers. All these evangelicals who act as though they they know about Christ. They don't know shit about Christ. I'm sorry. Christ matched his deeds on earth as he did in heaven. His biggest enemies were the Sadducees and the Pharisees, not the Romans, the people who said they were going to help people. So we're going to call the right from the right. So all you right wingers, we're going to get you from the right. You won't know what hit you. And all you left wingers, we're going to hit you from the left. The right hits the right. The the left hits the right from the left and the right hits the left from the right. We're not going to do that. We're going to expose the right from the right. I'm a Christian. Really? Are you really a Christian? Let's talk about that. You really want to work for workers? Let's talk about that. Because I've went through all the manuals of Das Kapital. I've gone through all the works of Adam Smith. We will expose you when you say you're for working people. You want to enslave working people. You want to make them not work. The left is in for a big surprise with our campaign. And so is the right. Get ready. Next question. Yes. Hi, Becca. Uh, I wanted to ask, uh, particularly in Massachusetts, but in other states across the country, in terms of the idea and the knowledge of politicians. Hey, John, can you just point the camera there so people can just just twist it just a little bit? No, no, just rotate and you can bring it back, John. Yeah, I could do it. So go ahead, Becca. In terms of politicians being... it's balanced. Okay, sorry. Oh. Selected, not elected? Yeah. Uh, what can you say in terms of giving people hope that we can even get you elected in, in 2024 with uh, the inflated voter rolls, the vulnerability of machines, uh, the mail-in ballots... Uh, in Massachusetts, in particular, but it's it's across the country. There's an awareness mm-hmm. that the people that we're voting for aren't necessarily the people that are getting sworn. So, is there- so Becca, I want to answer that. Who who educated people on this? We did. Mm-hmm. So let's take credit. We're going to. By the way, John, come back here. So first of all, I want to answer Becca's question: How do we win given the election systems are corrupt? Okay. First of all, it was this campaign for the entire world that educated. And we're going to take freaking credit for it. And everyone better take credit because why does credit matter? And all of you listening all over the world, I never used to always be humble. And it took me a while. Credit matters. You're actually doing a disservice if you don't take credit. Because credit shows where the origin of the truth actually comes from. We've had people come to our campaign, learn a lot, and then they go basically steal our shit. And we were talking about this and don't have respect for the work we've done to help grow a movement. And now the Republicans say, oh, the voter rolls, where you're the ones who did that to us. Not you. So, first of all, let's set the record straight. It was this campaign who had the courage in court. And all the hard work we did to show all of this, not Donald Trump, not Mike Lindell. It was done by me. I put on my hat as an engineer and I put my sweat and blood into that while running other companies, while trying to keep my house clean. Number one. So we already won. The fact that you're asking that question today, you wouldn't ask that question last time. And that was because of the work I did. Now consider what we're going to do this time. Think about what we're going to do this time. How much more corruption we're going to expose. We have already won this campaign by the fact that you asked that question. Two years ago to this day, you would not have asked that question because both Republicans and Democrats have been in collusion to make election selections. They're in collusion. The Republicans do not own election fraud. They've been committing election fraud. The Democrats do not say that they're for civil rights because they've been committing a lot of uncivil rights issues. Both of these parties are scumbags. Please do not vote for them. Please do not join them. Do not participate in them. You can exercise your freedom by boycotting them. I have a lot of Republican friends who come, well, you know, Shiva, you should be a run as a Republican. I'm not going to give my hard-earned credibility to them after they screwed me. Do I look like an uncle? Do I look like a house slave? No. No. Don't be house slaves. You know what a house slave is? Malcolm X talked about it. When the master's house would burn down, the house slave would be running, oh my God, the master's house is burning down. Let me put it out. (laughs) The field slave wanted to see that master's house burned down. Don't be supporting your slave master. Stop being a house slave. Get out of all of these parties. Build a movement. And we will show you how to build a movement. We've already built it. We'll show you how to grow it. We'll show you how to have self-respect. So when you ask that question, why am I running? Because if 3,000 people expose this and we got it out to the world, what's going to happen in this election, Becca? What other things are we going to uncover as we go door to door to door? This time, we're going to inspire people to awaken themselves on every issue. We're going to teach people all these things, whether I get elected or not. Because during the next two years, everyone's going to be focused on the election, Well, if we're not in front of them, some other fool is going to be in front of them. You follow? And that's how we're going to disable them because now they have a serious problem because everyone knows what they did to us in 2020. And now when you go door to door, oh yeah, Dr. Shiva, he fought for us. You're going to have great, they're going to have great respect. But for God's sake, please do not support the Republican Party. They're scumbags. They steal people's money. They're worse than the Democrats because they act like they're for the white working class. Obama was used to bamboozle the white and the black working class. Trump was used to bamboozle the white working class. Make America great again, lock her up. Uh, Who got locked up? The white working class got locked up, okay? And they're still locked up. Jared Kushner's got $2 billion. Please have respect for yourselves. For God's sake, respect your ancestors. Let go of these bloody parties. If they come on stage, throw tomatoes at them. Seriously, throw water balloons at them, get them off, get them out of here. chase them out. And when people do that, that's when we have a movement. The Vietnam War ended when young kids started recognizing the Democratic Party was a party of war along with the Republicans. Until that time, they thought the Republicans were bad and the Democrats were good. Right now, you have people thinking Elon Musk is good, Democrats bad. It's bullshit. They're all worked together. I just showed you this rail strike. Trump got rid of the brakes. ECP. Biden hasn't put them in. They're all one. They all hang out together. They all bang each other. Literally. They are not your friends. Have a righteous anger. It is good. There were multiple times that Jesus Christ whipped those bankers. I don't know if you know that. Not once, not twice multiple times. And no Christian wants to talk about, oh, that was just an incident. Christ just got angry. No. Most Christians don't want to talk about Christ's righteous anger. His views, his values were united in earth and in heaven. You can't say one thing here and do another thing here. Let's live a truly Christian life. Let's live a truly life that supports workers. If you're a true worker who supports, then be a real Marxist. If you're a true Christian, be a true Christian. I challenge you. I challenge the real Marxists to really support working people. Do it. Let's see you do it. Not support AOC and Bernie Sanders. Erotic novel writer, Bernie Sanders. (laughs) Carpenter, couch potato douchebag that's what he is next question anything else got a pretty good room here let's go on zoom john all right we do have a few raised hands on zoom i'm going to call on uh, merritt johnson first. john and you can also call out things if you see up on yeah yep. go ahead Merritt. john you're gonna have to ask him there and translate the question go ahead okay. Um, uh, I'm gonna. Do you not have the speakers there? I'm gonna have to unmute. It's okay, John. Okay, somebody's hearing me because I can see it on the screen. My question is: Is oxen's razor a scientific principle? <laughs> are you asking me, or are you asking a rhetorical question? Rhetorical. Well, you answer it then. There is an elephant in the room. Yeah. yeah. There's a who grasped? tail and they think they know what it is and another has grasped its trunk and he wants to tell us what it is mm-hmm. but nobody is brave enough to come out and tell us what it is and it happens to be back, rock and vanguard yep. yep okay so let's talk about that john so here's what's happening what you just did was reductionism okay the elites are not in any one place They're like ether. They're everywhere, okay? They have certain concentrations of power. Some people say, oh my God, it's the Jews. And by the way, Kanye West called me, wanted me to support him that. Yeah, there are a lot of Jewish people who are wealthy and they're in exploitative professions. That's true, okay? There are a lot of people who, or organizations like BlackRock and Vanguard who invest in multi-billion trillion dollar companies. Okay, that's true, all right? And it's probably concentrated in the Rothschilds in Britain, okay? But it's also in Hollywood. It's in a bunch of places. You have to start looking at the elites as a swarm, an interconnected, self-organizing swarm. And if you just go after one thing, it'll come over here. It's like you're squishing something, okay? And so you have all these conspiracy they oh, it's this person. And they do, oh, it's this person, this person. Oh, it's these lizard people. And they have uh, some uh, blood of this. And oh, it's whatever, This is all freaking distractions. The issue is, what are you gonna do? The issue is, are we gonna build a bottoms up movement? The issue is, how do you control BlackRock? They're gonna do what they wanna do. The issue is, what are you gonna do? And the issue is, what has our movement done today? And what have we already shown the many victories we have? And how did that come about? How did people even get any of these rights? And the elites are not so powerful. Let me just tell you, most of them are pretty stupid. Okay, What makes them powerful is you thinking they're so powerful. So stop giving them so much power. Jared Kushner is not that powerful. He had Mama and Papa get him into Harvard, Okay, He had Mama and Papa fund his slumlords in Somerville. The elites are actually quite weak, because if they were really thrown into a jungle and just given a knife, I guarantee they couldn't get out of there. Working people are much stronger. So let's focus on the positive strengths of everyday working. People get up, a nurse who gets up, has to, a single mother who has to do work, or Dan Blake, who has to be a carpenter, a Marine, you know, or Kristen Falby, who does project management, healthcare, or someone who does taxes. Or so. Focus on yourselves, guys. Stop talking about BlackRock on the Rothschilds and the Jews. Where does that get you? Well, you want to kill all the Jews? You want to kill BlackRock? Is that going to solve the problem? What are you talking about? Kanye called me. Seriously. Dr. Shiva, I want to. I said, Kanye, you need to learn some fundamentals. Come on down here. Okay, I'm gonna come down. Never showed up. Bunch of people follow these people. They're called star fuckers. Okay. I'm telling you, it's the solution is actually quite easy. We build a bottoms-up movement, we educate people on basic fundamentals, and we do it now. There's nothing to, there's not like an election. Follow what I'm saying? It's a here and now. All right? And our campaign is going to teach you how to do that. So, yeah, we know all this stuff, BlackRock and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Who the fuck cares? We already know the enemy, okay? They're everywhere. But we are everywhere. As Malcolm X said, it's not like there's more of them than us. There's more of us than them, but they're better organized. And the reason that they're better organized is because everyday people have been given so many distractions, okay? So don't talk to me about BlackRock and the elephant in the room is that working people need to unite and we need to build a bottoms up movement. That's the elephant in the room, not BlackRock. Next question, John. Uh, Chase Scott. Um, Do you have any thoughts on the bill in Congress to abolish the Department of Education right now? Yeah, Thomas Massey's proposed that. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. But will Thomas Massey get on the ground and build a bottoms up movement? No. I know Massey. Okay, he's starting to talk about natural immunity first. He knew about our stuff. I have all the text messages with him. And I said, and, and he reached out when our stuff was going viral. And then he went silent. Yeah, okay. It's, it's in the right direction. But how do you get there? Is that going to do it? No, we have to build a bottoms up movement. It's a reformist approach, but it is not the approach to build a bottoms up movement, which educates people broadly on all the interconnectedness of all of these issues. It's not a bad thing, but the Department of Education getting rid of that has to be coupled with the fact that what education do you replace it with? And we believe that education should be systems education. You know, we've already done that. We have a program that anyone, any child on the planet can learn the science of systems, which is what the elites learn. And it is through the science of systems young kids start. They should learn that, in my view, before reading, writing, and arithmetic. They learn how things are interconnected. So we, we already do that noble service right now without the Department of Education. Everything we do in our movement, we're going to do anyway. If people elect us, we'll just do more of it faster. Next. Uh, Mark. I'm very happy to having the opportunity to talk to you from France. And I'm very happy that you run for a Senate election. And my question is, um, how can we be sure that they are not going to steal your votes at the end? Can you, can you collect the image ballots to be sure that it's going to be properly settled because I want you to be elected because from France, it will be a very nice uh, income, I would say. That will help me to promote the, uh, the the creation of an independent movement from any parties, which are all of them controlled the opposition. Process. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you. thank you. So Mark just asked a question. I'll repeat it so people can hear it. The question is. He's saying the people in France would like to see us elected, you know, us being successful in our Senate election and how do we ensure that can happen? Okay. Let's talk about this from the perspective of in 2018, did anyone even know that there was election fraud? No. In 2020, we made that aware aware. We put the world on notice that it occurred in the United States. So you have to assume they're going to cheat. Okay. Assume they are going to cheat, okay? One of the things we're going to do is we're going to create some technology and support. When people go to vote, they can take a picture of their photo, of their image, and they can send it to us. And they can load it up. We're going to create our own ballot images, Mark. Okay? We're also going to file a writ of mandamus, which is basically going to say that you better follow the law and preserve ballot image according to 52 U.S.C. 20701. OK. And then, by the way, any Republicans, probably the master GOP, will try to go do that to say, oh, it was our idea. OK. And if you're listening, it's our idea. OK. And if you do it, you better put it was brought to you by the truth from the health movement. OK. Not your idea. So those are the two things we're going to do. But our goal is to go door to door and overwhelm these people also. And we're going to document our work. Because even if they cheat us, they're going to pay a heavy price for cheating us next time. There is a price to pay. You know what? The price is public opinion because more people are going to know about it and more people will know about it and more people know about it and people start what will happen when the next Republican Democrat shows up in their neighborhoods. It's not going to be very friendly when people realize what we're talking about. It is a movement we're building. We will keep doing our thing with honesty and integrity and if we're going to do all these things when they try to do it to expose them and document it. That's what we're gonna do. That's the best we can do. We're playing on their battlefield, but the battlefield that they're not playing on is a battlefield of getting their hands dirty and going door to door. They don't have an army like we do. They don't have an army of people who are understanding these principles. They have a, the people that they appease to are a a group of people who just wanna do their citizenship every one to two years. Okay, I voted, am am I not great? I filled, I got a form and I filled it in. Ah, I voted, I'm great right? You didn't vote. Bad person. I voted. No. People in our movement are going to be real citizens. And whatever happens, we're going to win because we will have a bigger movement and a bigger movement. But the only way to win among them is to keep them on notice and watch them like a hawk. We will be in every poll, poll, poll booth. And that's going to give people the opportunity to be citizens again. Okay. So, Mark, that's what we're going to do. Next. James Richardson. Good evening, Dr. Sheba, and I'm very pleased to know that you're going to do it again, and uh, we look forward to to being behind you and helping you. As Marcus said, we here in France, you know, this is what we need, and uh, I just point to this letter, the evidence that all of this uh, COVID could have been prevented. It was not necessary because you laid it all out in the letter what to do how to do it it was all there and we did not have to go through this the world has suffered because they were not listening but some of us was listening and even today when i'm meeting it now i have the evidence of how this could have been affected how could have been prevented and it was not necessary because you stood there in front of the world and you said this is a hoax. Thank you, Dr. Shiva. Yeah, what James is referring to, by the way, James is saying, I don't know if you know, in March 23rd of 2020, I wrote to Trump a letter. And it laid out in two pages exactly, it was called Immune Health, Immune and Economic Health for America. Some of you may remember it. And for the record, everyone in the world should know about it. Okay? And I'll show it to you right now. But James, thanks for bringing that up. It's a letter I wrote to, now let me tell you what happened in uh, 2020. I had just won a major award to present the science of the immune system at the National Science Foundation in 2019, November. And then when quote unquote COVID hit the shores of the United States, we were running a major protest on January 6th, January 13th in New Jersey, January 20th. We were already protesting on the streets. We didn't see Republican right-wingers in that. We were doing that on the ground. We didn't see anyone else doing that. And then as I was doing that, I did a video on the science of the immune system. I got a call from one of the senior most officials of the White House Council out of the White House. And he goes, I can't tell you my name. But this is what I do. And he goes, Trump is not listening to us. He's listening to Fauci. We're going to destroy the economy. We're headed into a grand depression. Dr. Shiva, please keep doing your videos. And you will remember, I used to do two to three videos and I was getting tired of sell people know, I used to be up until 10 a.m. We had a, a woman called Jen Bennett. She and I used to do these videos. It was hard work, guys, plus doing a full time job. And we did that as pure public service. But on March 23rd, I wrote to the fool Trump. That's what he is. OK. And it was a very good letter. And, and I, I'm sharing it right here. And um, to the people, let me also share it on Zoom so everyone can see it. Okay. And there's that letter. And that letter was immune and economic health. And I begged Trump on March. I said, this letter essentially provides you how we really achieve immune and economic health. I said, don't listen to Fauci. I said, the science of the immune system says that you don't, we want to give the right medicine for the right person at the right time. I said, split the country into people who are really immunocompromised, people who have COVID, people who are healthy, a couple other, one other group. And I said, for the people who are immunocompromised, give them, I gave them the protocol for how much vitamin D, vitamin A, zinc, quercetin, everything. A Zelenko guy stole my protocol and started bottling it. Okay. We gave it away for free. I've had, I can't tell you how many calls people said I was in the ICU. I followed your protocol. I, you saved my life. We told Trump to do that. Marla Maples, his ex-wife, delivered that letter to him. So it did get to him. One of the deputy secretaries called me and I said, you need to get rid of Fauci. This is what you need to do. Otherwise, you're going to destroy the country. They didn't listen. We had the solution. We laid it out, as James said. And then we did a petition for fire Fauci. We rode that bus for 36 hours straight. You couldn't get a hotel. We had to sleep on the bus that night. That's a kind of hard work ethic I come from. We delivered those letters to the RNC. They didn't do shit. Myself, Richard Giorgio and his daughter B. Richard is a garbage, former garbage, you know, sanitation worker. Let's start having respect for the work you've seen me do. Honor it. It is the hard work of the American people. We got that letter He didn't do anything. Who do you not listen to an MIT PhD whose field is immune system? Like how much more credibility do you want? And we had one of our own medical doctors, Dr. Venu, at that time, he wanted, he was against me. He said, I'm, you know, oh, I don't think you should enter this vaccine thing. Yes. When I went with Andrew Wakefield against this. Because MDs want to protect their ego. After that, then he fights for himself. We don't see him from this movement anymore. He took a lot of our stuff. And I want to call him out on this. Yeah, he helped us, but it was about him. But at the time, they didn't want us talking about vaccines. He goes, Ooh, you no know, vaccines are good. I bring that up because MDs cannot be trusted. Go look at a hospital. The MDs are on top. Now the MDs are saying, oh, yeah, I, I fought for this. I fought. Well, you didn't do it in 2020, motherfucker. That's what you are. That should MD should become MF. Robert Malone. After this in 2020, they promote themselves. The assholes weren't here in 2020. Do not respect these people for God's sake. They are the Sadducees and the Pharisees of our time. Take a whip to them. It's not the obvious establishment which screws us over. It's a not so obvious establishment. Go look at your own families and your own relationships. Get rid of the not so obvious establishment. And I've gone through my journey to see the dangers of these people. The people who speak with forked tongue are the true dangerous people. The Republicans now who say, oh, yeah, we're against election fraud. Oh, yeah, let's do all this stuff. OK, where were they? They committed election fraud against our campaign. They colluded with the Democrats. Whip them. Take a whip to them and tell them you're coming from Christ. Tell them to go read the Bible. Oh, I'm a Christian. Yeah, OK, well, I have a whip here. OK, you remember Christ? You know what he did? Whip him, man. Be a good Christian. Like Russell Peters, you know, his video on him to beat your kids. (laughs) Anyway, it's a funny video. Whip them. These people, the real dangers are the not so obvious establishment in our personal lives, our professional lives, and our political lives. The people who say one thing and do another. You're better off having someone who who says they're going to screw you straight to your face than people who say one thing to your face and destroy you inch by inch, step by step, like viruses. Do you follow what I'm saying? This is a deeply personal journey. It's also a deeply political journey. It's many things, but it, it it has to be personal. It is an opportunity for everyone to expand themselves, become enlightened souls, touch God, That's what our movement is about. And it is about honoring, most importantly, it's about honoring people who work. Toil, get up in the morning, go to work, do something, keep their homes clean take care of their kids, right? Like all the struggles of everyday people. That's who we value. We do not value Donald J. fucking Trump. We do not value Bernie Sanders. We do not value Joe Rogan, who goes with the wind, who knew about GMOs, their horror. People told them, When we had done all the research to put us on, he doesn't. When Spotify sales were going on, then he goes anti-vax, right? These guys just go with the wind. Anyone who gets mainstream media attention and quote-unquote is telling the truth, they're the most suspect people. When did they tell the truth? When, when, when? Delayed truth is deadly. Our movement is going to raise people's the ante. We're going to raise people's consciousness. We're going to be unforgiving to these people and manipulate working people. You don't have to forgive everyone. I don't believe that. Be unforgiving to these people. They don't deserve it. Because they know what they're doing. Someone says, please do not use the F word and in particular, the motherfucker word. It's a, okay, well, it's a technical, why don't you, yeah, it's a technical term. It's a very technical term. Refer to MDs as MFs, okay? working people where i come from speak straight if people spend as much time being di- you know they want working people to get diplomatic and language is very powerful let me remark one point on language is thought when you control people's words you control their thought it's censorship but when an artist does ooh that's beautiful you know ooh he used those words right it's it comes out naturally I'm not controlled. I use it appropriately. You know, it's the right curse word at the right time for the right person. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. (laughs) Filthy language is filthy language. John Roseman. Okay. Then you don't need to follow us. Go work on that all day, work on language all day, censor yourself. Censor yourself all day long and you want to be part of the government fascist censorship council. Go ahead. Go for it. Thank you. Thank you. Be well. Uh, give you. Did you sign up, John? OK. OK, good. Where are you out of, by the way? OK, we expect you to get on the ground with us. OK, thank you. Bye bye. All right. Any other questions, John? Um, there was one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Shelly Paradise. Yeah. Hi there. Hey, Shelly, how are you? Thank you so much. You made me cry in the beginning that you're going to run, hopefully, for president. I want to be on that committee. But I want to know also, should I help you, serve you either um, remotely or come to Massachusetts? I've already asked my maintenance man to run the place here if you needed me there. I can do either way, whatever you prefer, because I'm retired. I'll do anything to make this uh, uh, happen for us. It's, it's got to happen. We just can't talk about it. We have to do it. To do something now. I want to serve. So just tell me where to be. <laughs> so, Shelley, Shelly, you're going to become the head of North Carolina or South Carolina, right? Are you South Carolina, Shelly? North Carolina. North, Carolina. North Carolina. So, Shelly, you've just been appointed the head of the exploratory <laughs> committee for Shiva for president in South Carolina. Congratulations. Okay. And, um, that's so, so Shelly is a amazing person. She's understands the principles of truth, freedom, and health. And, uh, th- ultimately it's about service guys. There are people in the world you're, you'll find out who want to serve and want to take care of other people. And there's people who do not want to serve and want to exploit other people. I used to think the world world was like good and evil. I, I think it's much more simple. It's people want to serve and caretake and be kind to other human beings, and they come from all different strata, and there's people who want to just take and exploit and do not want to caretake of any, anyone. Everything's a transaction for them. Oh, you do this, I'll do this. You see you know what I'm saying? Right? If you do this, then I'll do this. And there's other people who just give. And I believe the essence of being a human being is to give. That is the nature of human. It's not like we're bad-natured people. Human. The, the standard state is to love your neighbor and be kind. The non-standard state is to be an asshole. And most of the assholes are psychopaths who run many institutions of the world and they don't deserve it. And the reason they get there is because everyday working people are good people. We think we can change them somehow. And people get into power because they exploit the goodness of other people. That is a force of power, profit, and control. And they know this. these people are psychopaths and sociopaths. They're very clever. They know what they're doing. Step by step, they take advantage of good people. And they built a whole psychology world of therapists who then come and tell you, well, you know, you got to work on yourself. Work on yourself. What do you mean work on yourself? Work on yourself when people are exploitative? No, you need to get rid of these people. So it's a whole, but anyway, the ultimately we working people need to recognize, connect with other good working people, right? Who have the same values and don't try to change any of these people. You can't, don't even try to do the archeology span on these people. You can't, you'll drain yourself, find other people who connect and let's grow our movement. Becca, that's really the answer here. You know, it doesn't matter what they do. It's matter what we do. And we set examples for our kids and our neighbors by doing the right thing. People know what I did on the ground and it's inspired people. And people will know what you do and you do and you do and you'll inspire people. And that is the essence of life. We are here and gone like that. It's what we do that matters. And we cannot waste our time trying to please these people, trying to change them, trying to manipulate them, trying to hope, hopium that they do something for us. That's what they want. They're exploiters. They know this psychology, I'm telling you. They know this psychology. And they take advantage of working people. As long as we educate people, it's going to be game, set, match. Any other questions, John? Um, Linda Maloney. Yes, I want to say that I will be your second volunteer who will serve in Arizona. Great. So can, can we get, hey, John, yes. make sure everyone on the Zoom call wants help. P- please put your name and your address to John, the host, and we will be calling on you. So we have an, actually a good team in Arizona. There's two people I introduced you to, but you guys can become the head of the committee there in Arizona. Okay, because what's going to happen if we decide to take our exploratory committee full, we have to go get signatures in every state, which is going to be good fun. I think Vermont, you got to get a hundred signatures to get on the ballot in Arizona. I think it may be 5,000, but this will mobilize us on the ground. So John, get everyone's names and addresses. We're getting everyone's names and numbers. <laughs> right. And by the way, we're going to have a lot of fun because we've learned so much of these bastards Another technical term. <laughs> there's a lot of technical terms we'll have to build. John, we have to build our technical handbook of terms so people know when to use them. <laughs> uh, OK, anything else? All right, uh, John, at least there's any other questions from the uh, we have about 460. Go, go ahead, Kanara. Go ahead, Kanara, I'm Kinara from Norway also here. Uh, I feel uh, it's amazing uh, you're going for the, for the um, Senate and everything, uh, but I'm also very touched by the situation in Ohio. And uh, I was wondering if you have any solutions uh, for Ohio at this uh, time? Thank you. Yeah, it's a great question. You notice how people in our movement are? Yeah. We don't just whine. We want solutions. So Kinara has that mindset, which is what we want, okay? And what is a solution in Ohio? Well, number one, what should happen is these people who are being hit with, you know, the, in the nearby area of vinyl chloride, maybe the next thing we should do, Kinara, I should do a talk on how do you clear this out of your liver because a liver is an is an organ. Um, and there's, I, I bet you there's some interesting things we should, come. this is something we should do, cytosol, I should go to our research. I mean, we have the technology. We'll create a solution, okay? And how do you clear vinyl chloride out of the cellular system? There's probably something we can bind to it and we'll get it out. Kennard, that's what we should do. I'll start working on it. You see, we have solutions. Like we come up with a problem, we can actually solve it. Election systems, we have a solution, right? Ballot images, we have the signature verification. It's not like we have to wait for someone to solve it. We will solve it. Kenar, great one. Let me look at if there's any questions from um, all over. I'll read you some comments here if people are interested. This one says, how is a government going to replace the dollar and how are the banks going to steal our savings? That's RT. It's a great question. So one of the events that's going on right now is that you saw the FTX failure, right? In my view, that was done to give the justification so you centralize cryptocurrency. And then you make it, right? So what is cryptocurrency? Ultimately, it's all digital currency. Once you make everything digital, here's the unfortunate thing that can happen. Everything is done digitally and you can make negative interest rates. Think about what I'm talking about. So for example, if they know Kristen is not spending money, the government could say, I'm gonna tax you on the fact you're not spending money. It's called a negative interest rate. Is this true? Japan has done this. Okay? So digital currency allows you to do all sorts of things. You could put people in a cage. Okay? You're a sort of an undesirable individual. You can't, your your cash wallet, your digital wallet turns off once you leave 15 miles of your home. So you have to stay within a digital cage. One of the interesting things that's happened is I was wondering, well, what happens when you integrate digital currency with carbon credits. Well, it turns out a couple of, a year ago, the largest cryptocurrency and carbon credit startup was funded $2 billion to just do that. And if you look at Elon Musk, he's all behind this. So the goal is to enslave people through vehicles and centralize it. Our movement talks about decentralization, right? That's why when the elections took place, if you read many of the documents, they did not like the fact that there were hand counted ballots and elections are so decentralized. Once you centralize all the computing infrastructures, you can manipulate things very, very rapidly. So decentralization is one of the themes of our movement. We don't want centralization. We want decentralization. So the banks want to centralize stuff and then interconnect it with big tech. And that's where you have not only censorship, the big tech and then control of money. Someone says, wasn't born here. President requirement says U.S. citizen. Oh, I am a U.S. citizen. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. All right. The issue is native born. There have been many people who are not native born who've run. So we're going to challenge that. All right. Uh, Let me just read. uh, Ann Coulter did a piece about Nikki Haley not being born here. Okay. Ann Coulter is an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> She's such, you know, looking for attention. That is what we're going to do. Jesus followed no one. Give it up, Cheryl. Uh, what's this one? Musk is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, thank you. That would be appreciated. Let's see. Uh, what's this one? Uh, what's the best way to store wealth? Gold, FDR, seize gold. The best way to store wealth is learn a skill. (laughs) Learn how to do something. Uh, Dr. Shiva, we will solve it. Um, We need to keep cash. Uh, RT, I'm blushing you mentioned me. Um, People are voting with their feet. I don't know what that means. Heart. John Medlar, sorry, there's never, okay. The government should be putting them in. Okay, I'm not sure what that's about. (laughs) um all right anyway if there are no other questions when do we start we've done this for about two and a half hours i hope this is valuable what do you guys think all right let's do it all right everyone on zoom thank you and everyone on zoom put your name and by the way even if you're out of the country you can make phone calls for us there's no rules against that And we're going to set up systems where people can make phone calls from all over the world. So it'd be very nice for someone from Norway calling someone from um, Cambridge, Massachusetts and saying, you want Dr. Shiva to win or someone from France. Um, It's going to be pretty cool. Okay. But we're laying down the infrastructure to do that. All right, everyone. Have a good night. Be well. Be the light. Thank you.